Welcome, everyone. The Bastards are back for this Monday playoff edition of the podcast. We are brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network. All five hosts are back for this episode. We're going to skip the hi, how are yous, uh, simply because we don't want to drag it out too long. Going to basically quickly recap the wild card series this weekend. Lots of uh, surprises uh, over the course of the weekend. And then we will make our ALDS and NLDS predictions series by series so there's four matchups two in each league and it this one unlike the last round will be a best three out of five so uh two games for the home team two games for the uh visiting team and then they go back to the um they go back to the team with the uh higher seed for the fifth game so All right, so we'll get right into it. Uh, I guess we'll start off with Charlie. He would have what, in my opinion, was the pick of the weekend. He was the only one out of the five of us to pick the Seattle Mariners in that uh, Blue Jays series. So, Charlie, go ahead. I mean, here's the thing. I, I just couldn't sit there and watch us go Blue Jays, Blue Jays, Blue Jays, Blue Jays, Blue Jays, especially since the Blue Jays were not the better team. I think the Mariners had a much more fun story. The Blue Jays was the team. Uh, we thought they were going to do absolute insane things in 2022, and we were all wrong. And at that point, the Mariners have one of the most exciting young stars in the outfield And I really, really did want to believe that if there was going to be any flaw at all, it was only going to be with Alex Manoa or Alex Manoa, excuse me. And when Manoa fell apart, it was the Mariners games to lose and they did not miss. They were absolutely on it. And here's the thing. There was no surprises from any of the players that happened uh, to do major damage. They're down eight to one and would not go down. I was absolutely shocked when they were down 8-1 and came back with eight runs in the span of three innings and ended up scoring another run in the top of the ninth. And here's the best part. Rodriguez, that star that I was talking about, did nothing in that game. He went 0-4 with a walk, and it was all, you know, Carlos Santana, a player that the the Red Sox could have potentially had, but the Mariners lost a guy and decided to make an addition and get their guy. Not going to scare anybody, but did his work. And then also Cal Raleigh did fantastic as well. Suarez had a couple of hits. Everything that could have gone right could and did, with the exception of Robbie Ray, who just completely fell apart. And then their closer, who also fell apart. But the Mariners just would not go down. And so at this point, the Mariners are, are an exciting team, and I'm actually rooting for them. That's my team in the American League right now. I want them to go far. This is an exciting team, and I I think that this is probably the most exciting Mariners team we've seen since 01. So I'm super pumped for them, and we'll see what happens. Cody, thoughts on Toronto and Seattle? Yeah, I think uh, Charlie recapped it great, right? Uh, you're, you're talking about studs. You're talking about horses. You're talking about guys that you're depending upon to, to perform. Um, I think 
in the playoffs, you know, you kind of throw it all out and, and the team with the momentum, the team that wants it more generally takes it. Right. Um, I thought that the, the firepower of the back that Toronto had being in their home stadium, that would have been too much for Seattle to handle with. Um, clearly I, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the finger on the pulse. I was, I was wrong with this one. Um, Seattle just wanted it more. They, they took it from Toronto. Um, guys that you could depend on on both sides didn't really show up. Um, you know, it was an exciting series that eight to one comeback, you know, Anything can happen in October, and that's why you play the games. Um, much like Charlie, I would love to see Seattle make a deep run, make some noise in the postseason here. Um, I think it was, it was a really fun series, and you know, it's it's just great to see things like in the, sorry, excuse me, things like this in the postseason, right? The reasons you play the games, because if you were to make a chalk, you know, you, you'd have ones and twos in in the ALCS and LCS World Series equivalent, and and that wouldn't be as exciting. So storylines, um, guys showing up. Uh, it's it's all fun to me. Jason? Yeah, I agree. It's fun to see Seattle go through. They've been a fun team all year, so it's nice to see them actually make it through, especially over a team like Toronto, which I'm sorry. like I know Toronto fans don't want to hear this, but you guys kind of suck. You're not real baseball fans. You only show up when the team's actually good and when they're about to head to the playoffs. And um, I sent you guys that video of Toronto fans that were really down bad after this game and they're like, Oh, maybe just sports aren't meant for us, whatever. And it's like, they're all just buying their time until hockey season starts. Cause they're all just going to go watch the Maple Leafs. That's all they care about. So it's nice to see a, a fake fan base get eliminated. I think Seattle has a legit fan base too. So I root for that kind of thing. Um, it was funny though, that like, like Charlie mentioned, Julio Rodriguez, probably the biggest star on the Mariners was kind of a non-factor the whole series. I mean, he's hitting 143 so far in the playoffs. It was Cal Raleigh and, you know, uh, Carlos Santana and guys like that. Adam Frazier, who hadn't had a great year in in Seattle, but um, turned it on for the playoffs. So it's nice to see those guys performing, especially guys like Carlos Santana. Again, you know, to piggyback off Charlie again, but, like, that's a guy that, you know, Red Sox could have maybe – had him, you know, that was a nothing trade. And and I brought it up at the time, but like Seattle gave up nothing to get him. Kansas city just wanted to get rid of him, And like, they, they wanted nothing to do with him, you know, and Seattle just picked him up because Ty France went on the IL and they needed some help at first base DH and Carlos Santana granted, like he's knocked about monster numbers, but this is what a guy like that does. He's a veteran and he helps you in the playoffs. So Great move by Seattle. It's helping them so far, and I'm really excited to see them go forward into the next round. They've got a tough matchup, but it's division rival, so it's a division matchup, and and that's going to be a lot of fun. So um, I'm just happy to see Toronto get eliminated. Honestly, it, it, it's great. So hats off to Seattle. Good for them. And uh, Santana's always been a high on base guy, not so much high on average, but and then to you guys' point, they made that trade in June, like not waiting around. We're going to address it right now. And they did. Uh, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah. You know, I'd be curious to see where this ranks in terms of historical, you know, Toronto collapses. It's definitely up there with uh, game seven, 2013 with the Epic Bergeron call at the end there. So I, I love it. I hate Toronto with a passion. I couldn't be more happy to watch them, you know, burn, uh, a year of all these players, you know, cheap primes here. And I, what was it? What was the line last year was a preview this year is the movie. 
or something like that, whatever slogan they were going. I, I'm just so happy they're out. I never want to see that home run blazer come back out again. It, it, I'm done with Toronto. I, I'm all aboard for Seattle. I think, you know, they have the pitching that can compete. We'll see if this extended layoff does anything to these teams coming up. Uh, definitely could. We've seen it, you know, kind of play its part in the past. I know, the Red Sox fans have definitely seen it Even when Colorado was hot as could be and then took a week off. And yeah, they were really rusty when we faced them in the world series way back yeah, in 2007. So, you know, I'm just glad Manoa lost. That's the biggest thing. You can talk a lot of shit when you're facing Franchi and Bobby Dahlbeck, but the, the, your tone kind of changes when you're facing legitimate big league players. So basically, I thought the Blue Jays beating the Mariners, I thought that was the safest pick. Like, I was as least concerned about that one as I was anyone. I thought Toronto had the biggest home field advantage over everyone. They had a ton of momentum coming into the playoffs. They were firing on all cylinders. Very good pitching staff with Manoa and Gosman, especially going uh, one and two. And they did have an eight to one lead. They had an eight to one lead. That game was over. And here's the impressive thing about the Mariners. I think they scored what? 10 runs overall, something like that. Their first eight runs were scored with two outs. That's how clutch they were. You had the, the Santana three run bomb off of Mesa. I think that kind of got the party started and, and I said on social media, I think when I tweeted it, I think the Mariners were down by a run at that time. I think it was nine to eight. And I said, well, if the Mariners come back and win this, it's simply destiny. You know, it's basically a 21 year playoff drought. Just finally, you know, the frustration of it finally coming to a surface and then the Mariners, you know, converting that into something really special. So um, we'll get into their matchup here with the Astros, which is actually a divisional matchup. They're both out in the West, so they're very familiar with each other. Um, so we'll see if the magic uh, continues there. Uh, we don't have to spend a bunch of time uh, with Guardians and Rays. There was only a combined, what, three runs scored that whole series. So, that, I can't see all Charlie's fingers. Four runs scored. Wasn't many, but uh, and it was the pitching duel we all expected. But go ahead, Charlie. Thoughts on Guardians, Rays? I mean, I burned a whole day watching that game. I literally was like, oh, wow, here we go, ninth inning, and we couldn't get it done. And I literally sat there thinking, okay, the Rays got um, an opportunity here to really let the doors get blown off, like really get blown off. And then Adam comes in for Fairbanks, who mouths the words on national television in slow motion, I can't feel my hand. And that's a really weird thing to see but he threw three strikes in those two at-bats. Adam comes out and hits the first batter. You've got the bases loaded and no outs. And who's at the dish? Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez with bases juiced and no outs. 
he proceeds to strike him out and then get Naylor into a double play. If you're the Tampa Bay Rays, you have to score this inning because if you don't now, seven innings are now over. If you don't score in the eighth, momentum gone. And the Cleveland Guardians absolutely did not quit. Tristan McKenzie is an absolute stud. He is built like, uh, oh my God, Giants pitcher, the freak. What is his name? Lincecum. Tim Lincecum. He's built just like that. And when you see his pitching efficiency, it's like Roy Halladay. He gets the ball back. He's already on the mound waiting to throw his next pitch. He doesn't wait. Unlike David Price, who waits 18 minutes in between throwing two pitches. It's insane. And credit the Guardians for doing what they did because, I mean, they waited until the 15th inning to score their first run off of Corey Kluber. Terry, to your point, I think it was you that posted something on Twitter, and I'm going to wait for you to to mention your take. I don't want to blow it up here. It's not my space, not my spot. I'll just say it right here. I said... I said, Corey Kluber keeps on giving to the city of Cleveland. <laughs> and I mean, I did nothing. Like, literally, I just, I'm watching Twitter. That popped up. I remember hearting it. Like, yes, this is hilarious. But here we are. We're, we're, this is hours into this game. We're almost two full games of free baseball. Like, when, when is it going to end? And as soon as he hit it, everybody knew it. Like, it was gone. When Gonzalez ripped that over the left field wall, was it 19 feet at, uh, at that stadium? gone i was happy because i was like cool i can actually do something else now i could do something else on my day but um absolutely insane um i'm really happy to see the the guardians in it they're another team that's exciting and fun the rays i just i feel like if the rays were in it it would have just been bad for baseball to a different degree so i'm happy that the guardians are in because no one thought they were going to be here no one had the, the the Guardians almost set almost slipped there. No one had the Guardians this far. So the fact that they allowed one run in two games, that's insane. And they have quite possibly the most electric closer in the American League with Class A. So that's it. We'll hand it off to whoever's next. Go ahead, Cody. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to be said about this series, right? I think we recapped it with four total runs scored. When we had previewed this, we had talked about the elite pitching on the Guardian side, how, you know, Tampa had great pitching on their side as well. And I think it really showed this um, this series, right? You know, four total runs scored over what is essentially three games, right? You had 15 innings and, and a full nine. Um I think what we were expecting out of Tampa really happened. You know, I thought they might have stuck in there and got a game, but really, you know, they over-engineer, they over-analytic it. Uh, they try to do too much, um, and it ends up rearing its ugly head and, and kind of biting them. Um, you know, Glasnow did great. I don't think any of us would have thought that he would have come out and thrown five or six or however many innings it was specifically. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he looked great. Um, and And to go... 15 innings of, of tight baseball against a team like the, the Guardians that just put pressure on your defense, on your pitching all the time is, is impressive. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, we all thought that the Guardians were the better team. Um, I personally thought that it was going to go three. I know I was, I was wrong on that one. Uh, but the Guardians are, are built for postseason baseball. Um, you know, they kind of have that moxie. They kind of have that momentum. They have the pitching. They have 
the defense, the, you know, the timely hitting, uh, they have what it takes to, to be a good postseason team. And it is exciting to see them be back in the mix. I know they haven't won a World Series since 48 or, you know, late 40s. I might be, I might be incorrect on the specific number, but it's, it's always fun when you can break a drought. And so, you know, that's another storyline for us to follow. It was 1948, and that is the longest drought uh, currently in Major League Baseball. Jason, go ahead. Yeah, I don't want to hear any more about people, general managers or teams across the league wanting to be the Rays model because the Rays model doesn't win jack. They don't win, and I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of hearing, oh, well, look at what the Rays do. The Rays, oh, my God all these prospects, all these great pitchers, blah, blah, blah. They don't win. And you saw it like this postseason. They can't score. Their offense is anemic. Yeah, they've got great pitchers, McClanahan, Glasnow. Like, sure, that's great. But we all know as soon as McClanahan is up for a big contract, he's gone. We know as soon as Glasnow is up for a big contract, he's gone too. It's just I would much rather have the Guardians uh, model where – They've got great pitching, great offense, and they actually get their guys to, to sign and stay there. Jose Ramirez is a great example of that. Jose Ramirez could be making a lot more money than he is, but he's somehow was able to stay with Cleveland and kind of take like a team-friendly contract to do it. The Guardians model is what teams should be striving for because they've got a superstar third baseman who said, you know what? I believe in what's going on here, so I'm going to stay, and I'm going to take less money to stay because I think we have a chance to win. And Charlie brought it up. You know, his team is Seattle in the American League. My team's Cleveland. I want Cleveland to take it as far as they can, go all the way, especially since they're going up against the Yankees next round. Get the Yankees out of here. You know, knock out the big money, arrogance, you know, Yankee fans and, and all of that, and go to the World Series. For the first time, like you said, since 1948, like finally put it away and win it. They're, they're in the longest drought in the MLB right now because the Cubs won theirs a couple of years ago. I would love to see Cleveland take it as far as they can because I want Francona to win one. I want Jose Ramirez to win one so that he can finally be recognized as one of the best all-around players in the game because he just quite frankly doesn't get talked about as much as he should be. Um, and I just think, you know, for the guardians, like winning it with their new branding, with the new name, that'd be kind of cool. It's a good way to establish that for them. So I'm all aboard the Cleveland train. I hope they take it all the way, but, uh, yeah, this series against the Rays is exactly what I thought. The Rays don't have the offense. They weren't going to score enough. Their pitching's great, but their offense, unless a Rosarena goes off, they're not scoring. And a Rosarania didn't go off, and, and they just couldn't put it together. So good for Cleveland. They deserved it. They've got a tough matchup because their pitching looked great against Tampa, but now you're going up against one of the best offenses in the league with New York. So let's see how that balances out. I still think they have a really good shot. I think they're probably the best matchup for the Yankees in terms of they have the best chance to knock them out. So I'm all aboard. Let's go Cleveland. You know, hopefully they knock them out. Go ahead, Andrew. I don't know how they're going to do it, but Tampa needs to add some offense this offseason. It, 
it's mandatory. They have they can't get anything going. I mean, Manuel Margot is a nice player, but he can't be your third best bat in the lineup. That's just not sustainable. If anyone should catch more crap for letting Hunter Renfro go, it's not the Red Sox. It's the Rays. You know, he go he starts going into ARB two, and they're like, oh nope, can't pay him. So we're gonna let him walk, and then. They could have had him this, you know, they had three more years of him. And you're telling me they couldn't use him last year against the Red Sox or this year against Cleveland. I don't know. They they got to figure it out. I don't know if they have to move an arm for it, but they're approaching the end of their window. They're, they've got some prospects, but it's not like it once was. And that Blake Snell trade, it's looking terrible, uh, you know, in retrospect, if Adams doesn't end up hitting, I don't, or Edwards rather doesn't end up hitting. I, they got nothing in return for their ace. So uh, pressure's on. They got to do something quick because they keep fizzling out. Now Cleveland, their offense worries me next, uh, next series. Cause you can't get away with scoring that few runs against this New York team. It, it's just not going to be feasible. That'll be a quick, quick three game series if it is so i hope they put it together i hope they can string some things together i don't know how exhausted their bullpen's gonna be after having to go that full 15 the other day but i don't know it, it actually honestly made me appreciate the the runner on second during the regular season watching innings nine through 15 like all right let's let's get something going here they could have given those guys runs on runners on first second and third and they still might not have scored yeah, and just to build off of the offense, I mean, how many perennial all-stars have they had in the last 15 years as far as offense goes? I can only really think of Evan Longoria and Wander Franco. I mean, maybe Kiermaier for two or three years in there, I guess, but it's been a decades-long drought. Like, it's just mind-boggling how they, they develop pitching so well, but they can't identify offensive talents and and it definitely bit them and and Cleveland had the the pitching to do it uh another thing too the the Rays kind of I thought underperformed last year they should have beaten the Red Sox and didn't didn't get it done so um you know Kike kind of woke up for us last year or just had a resurgence and and, uh, you know, we took care of business there, but th- they've been kind of simmering since that World Series run. And let's face it, that was a two-game season. Randy Arena exploded uh, during it. So that was, uh, you know, one of the main propellers to, to get them there. Last thing I want to point out, Terry Francona now has three playoff games going 12 or more innings. I think it's 12, 14, and now 15 innings, and he's won them all. (laughs) So I know he's not undefeated in extra innings because World Series Game 7 went to uh, the 10th, and uh, they gave it up uh, in in that inning of of that game. So um, this is probably his last, you know, decent shot at winning one. He's coming back next year. It's expected that that'll probably be his final year as a major league manager. He's had a, a multitude of, of health issues, and he's, I think, in his mid-60s at this point as well. So 
Um, yeah, so good win by the Indians. That's who uh, Indians. Oh, man, we should have an Indians jar. Um, the Guardians, and uh, happy to see them move on. Uh, let's get into let's do Phillies Cardinals. That was uh, probably the most split series of them all uh, between how we picked it. So go ahead, Charlie. Well, this was the one that I did not do too well in. Uh, I didn't, you know, I went to school in Philly. I was, this was an angry pick for me. I, I wanted the cards to do well for a couple of reasons. One, this is the last oorah for Adam Wainwright, for Yadi Molina, for Albert Pujols. You kind of wanted to believe that there was going to be a little bit more to the story. You didn't want it to end at game 162 and then just a wild card series. But this entire team just fell flat. It just, it completely fell flat. The Phillies answered the call. Aaron Nola came out, guns a-blazing. I mean, even their game one starter, I think it was Quintana for the first one, no one thought that was going to be happening, and that still that still ended up going the wrong direction too. So everything that could have gone wrong did. You can't blame Zach Wheeler in that game, but your team needs to hit. And the Cardinals just didn't do it. Like, that's what it comes down to. You didn't hit, and your relievers weren't able to get it done. Ryan Helsley, in relief, I think had his worst career game because he was like Mr. Zero ERA all season. He had a one, an ERA just over like one, two. Um, just incredible. Just lights out. And he decides to have his worst appearance ever. I had, I had to look back. He didn't have a game where he allowed more than two earned runs at all. So he allowed two one time. That was June 29th. And he decides to allow four in that game. So the Cardinals blew it. Credit the Phillies. We'll see how far they can last in this series. I know I'm not going to be the only one who says it, that we were shocked that the, the Cardinals didn't win one, but I was wrong. Cody. Yeah. Um, I think Charlie made a lot of great points. I know that out of all the predictions for the wild card round, this is the one that I had that kind of made like the most, the most shakeup. I thought the, the Phillies were going to get it done. I thought that lineup just had too many guys that could leave the yard at a moment's notice. Um, and, you know, with the Cardinals team, that doesn't really scare you. Um, they obviously, you know, they have Yachty, they have pools, they have Wainwright, they've got other good players. Arenado Goldschmidt, um, but it, for me, it just felt like it was too much for for the Cardinals to overcome in terms of of Phillies. You know, you know, you have Nola, Quintana pitched uh, pitched well as well. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna brag too much on this one. Uh, they won Game One in a fashion that I didn't anticipate. Uh, coming back, you know, Game Two, I think they really took the wind out of the sails after Game One. But I thought there would be home runs all over the place. Out of the Phillies lineup, that didn't end up happening. Um, you know, it's it's a team that's going to be uh, Jekyll and Hyde, right? With with the Phillies, they're either going to score a bunch of runs and, and kind of put it on you and press, or they're they're going to go away. I don't see them kind of grinding out a series, uh, a lot of four three three two games. Uh, I, you know, I think it's going to be all or nothing with this one. But um, it was it was an exciting series at the very least. A lot of meaningful pitches, a lot of meaningful at bats, a lot of meaningful innings. Um, it was definitely a fun one to watch. Go ahead, Jason. 
Yeah, I mean, going into the series, I picked the Phillies because my primary concern for St. Louis was their offense against Phillies pitching, which I think a lot of people have been overlooking. Philadelphia's got good pitching, especially in the starting rotation. And Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola delivered in this series. And Paul Goldschmidt, who I think is probably going to win NL MVP, 0 for 7 in this series. Nolan Arenado, who also had a strong year, 1 for 7. So St. Louis's two big batters in their lineup didn't get it done. And they don't have the kind of offense where they can supplement if those guys go cold. They just they don't have enough depth. Um, this is kind of similar to what the Red Sox go through. You know, if Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts don't hit, the Red Sox, you know, towards the second half of the year didn't have the offense to supplement that or to make up for it. St. Louis went through the same thing. So, you know, they had the bullpen collapse in game one, which was unexpected, but that's what Philly's offense can do for you. And, you know, obviously they loaded up on offensive talent. They pretty much completely sacrificed defense to do it. But for game one, it worked. And then game two, they just tossed out Aaron Nola, who I still think is their best pitcher. I know Zach Wheeler is technically their ace, quote-unquote, but I think Aaron Nola is the better pitcher. And he completely shut down that St. Louis lineup. And St. Louis's offense just didn't show up. So uh, Phillies make it through because of that. And, you know, it's a shame. I, I do feel a little bit... For guys like Pujols, Wainwright, Molina, I know that those guys are all probably done, but um, you just didn't have enough offense. And, you know, Philly, as much as there's flaws with the way they built their team, they knew they had strong starting pitching up at the front. And they knew that if they added offense, they could pretty much get through anybody. And, yeah, they sacrificed defense big time, but – it hasn't come back to bite them, at least not yet. Now, we'll see. You know, in the divisional series, it may very well come back to bite them. But at least for now, they were able to get past St. Louis, and they did it with relative ease. So good for them. Andrew? Yeah, I was surprised as everyone that, you know, St. Louis just came out and just flat out laid an egg. The – situation with Elsie sucks. I mean, he said he couldn't feel his finger in that second inning he was throwing. So who knows what's going on with him there. Hopefully everything's fine with him, but that was kind of what did it. Um, obviously, you know, Jason gave that Goldschmidt stat and if he doesn't hit there, that team is, they're squandering for some runs there. I, it's, it's too bad. I really wanted to see them kind of go on a little bit of a Cinderella run there. Um, I did not want to see the Phillies advance. I really don't like how their team's built outside of their, you know, two best starting pitchers. I think the Zach Wheeler signing has been probably one of the best free agent pitching signings in the last maybe 10 years. Um, you know, he's right up there with, you know, I, I don't want to put him with, you know, Scherzer, you know, when uh, Washington signed him, but you know, he's given them their money's worth and you don't usually get that out of starting pitchers. We've seen that in Boston, you know, how many guys have we had to get bailed out with. So uh, hats off to them. I did expect the defense to cost them. Uh, I made a point of saying that uh, clearly was wrong there, but I don't know, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe these next five games, uh, something changes there, but I, I had no faith in Philly getting this done. That was totally wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a blown series by the Cardinals. I mean, if they if they hold on for that save, they win game one, and they blew some opportunities late. They had traffic on the bases the last couple of innings in game two and couldn't get them in. And then, but where they really would have had a huge advantage was if they were able to face Ranger Suarez in game three, because he's got some pretty extreme uh, reverse splits. He's a lefty. And uh, against, uh, getting back to my notes here, against righties, he pitches uh, pretty well. He's got a 1.98 ERA. This is Ranger Suarez again. He would have been the Phillies game three starter. And then he's got a 4.80 ERA against lefties. So he's a lefty pitcher who, for some reason, can't can't pitch to lefties. And then on top of all of that, the Cardinals lead Major League Baseball uh, in the OPS category against left-handed pitching with an 808 OPS. The next closest team is actually the Astros with a 783. So that's a fairly significant, you know, lead over the next closest team. The Cardinals destroy left-handed pitching, and uh, you know, had they had they held on for at least Game One, we're probably looking at a at a Cardinals uh, Brave series. So, having said that, I don't hate the Phillies. Uh, you know, it's uh, the offense is exciting, and that's why a couple of you picked them like you did. Um, but uh, certainly a flawed team, and and we'll get into that. Uh, you know, when we give our predictions, just got one last uh, wild card series to talk about here. That was the Dodgers Padres. So go ahead, Charlie. Um, I think you meant Padres Mets. Oh, that is what I meant. I'm looking at the next round. Yeah, okay. Just <laughs> Padres no, 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 Mets. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Andrew was the only one that said Padres in this one. Um, we we all said Mets, and I thought this was the easiest one. I really didn't think the Padres had it at all. Um, I'm really disappointed because I think the Braves really got lucky with this one. I think the Mets should have been the division winners here. Uh, just flaws with with just everything. I think the fact that the Padres advance is not really exciting for baseball. I think they have a terrible GM. I think Manny Machado continued to show why he's a childish little brat. I'm over San Diego. I'm disappointed that the Mets didn't advance because they were, they're definitely the better team in my book. Um, just disappointing. Everything that could have gone wrong today did Bassett was a no show. And I think Musgrove was pitching out of his damn mind today. And I definitely think he was doing something to alter that ball. And I'll go down saying that, like, I don't care. Musgrove is not that good. So I'm not buying it. Um, I'll let somebody else talk mostly about this series. Cause this one was really frustrating watching this game tonight. Go ahead, Cody. Unfortunately, uh, I have to agree with Charlie here, right? As, as great as I was feeling watching the, the Phillies close out the Cardinals and be like, man, this is one of the picks that I got right. This was the exact opposite feeling for me with the, with the Mets Padres, right? You know, you look at the, the horses of uh, DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett and Cookie Carrasco. I thought, you know, the Mets pitching was going to be too much. They had Alonzo, um, you know, Marte coming back. 
Lindor, you're in New York. I thought it was going to be too much for the Padres traveling all the way across the country. I, I thought everything just kind of lined up for the Mets here. And it was really kind of a nightmare start from, from the beginning. We had talked about it in, in some of the other series. If the visiting team got that first game, you know, then it becomes a series watch out. And, and the Padres really took it to the Mets. You know, they hung seven on Scherzer, which I don't think any of us saw coming. Um, it was a real bummer. You know, Soto kind of woke up. He got timely hits. He seemed to be, you know, maybe he wasn't leaving the yard or, or driving in runs, but, you know, he's starting to put the ball all over the yard. Obviously, Machado's a, a great player as much as we, we don't like him on this podcast. Um, you know, uh, this one took my lunch. Uh, I got to I gotta hang my hat and say I was wrong on this one. I thought the Mets were going to be too much. You know, they were, they were such a great team all year, and they really kind of faltered at the finish line. Yeah, um, one hit, one hit, that's all you get in a potential elimination game. That's pretty embarrassing if you're the New York Mets with that offense. Their offense has been good all year. So what the hell happened? What happened to Lindor? What happened to Pete Alonso? Like all those guys. Joe Musgrove is a good pitcher. He's been pretty good most of the year, and that's why San Diego signed him to that extension. But – He's not a, you know, he's not an ace. He's probably, a, he's a solid number two, maybe borderline ace, but he, he's not an ace. And he pitched like one tonight. Now, whether or not something was going on there, I don't know. I mean, I you know, look, they checked him. They said it was okay. I, you know, I, to me, I'm not a Buck Walter guy. So to me, that was just Buck Walter being himself and just, you know, desperately trying to cling to something to, you know, to explain why his team was floundering, you know, at the 11th hour there. Um, To me, it's not about the Padres cheating or whatever. Again, I don't put that beyond them because I agree with Charlie. I hate the Padres too. I'm sick of the damn Padres. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of Machado. I'm sick of, you know, their stupid, crappy general manager who, I think should be fired if they don't win the World Series pretty soon because of the moves he's made. But regardless, I, whether or not they were – I don't know. But I'm sick of them too. But at the end of the day, this is all about the Mets being the Mets and just choking again in the big spot when they really shouldn't have because I still think they're the better team. That's why I picked them. I think the Mets are the better team than the Padres. I just think they have that Met thing in them still where they're just a little bit choky. This is why it's been, you know, nearly, a, you know, two decades since they've won. They just have a little bit of chokiness about them. And I think the Padres, quite honestly, are going to get spanked in the next round. I don't think that it's even going to be that competitive. Um, and it's going to make Mets fans feel even worse. And that franchise, I don't know what happens next. I mean, DeGrom, we know he's going to leave. They have a bunch of other free agents. Edwin Diaz is probably going to leave. Um, they signed Scherzer to that stupid contract, which I think they're going to really end up regretting. So I think the Mets are kind of in for a rough year next year. The Padres, they're going to move on, but I don't, I don't have a ton of confidence in them. You know, we'll get to that later, but yeah, just another choke job by the Mets. Unfortunately, they, they really just, they, they had the better team. They had everything they needed and just didn't get it done once again. So 
typical Mets, but you know, sucks to be them right now. I didn't trust the Mets offense whatsoever going into this. I didn't even think Marte was coming back, but he kind of surprised everyone who did. Um, that's the reason I picked San Diego. I thought the Mets were frauds offensively. I mean, your big DH is Daniel Vogelbeck. They, that's just – when you got a payroll the size that they do, that's just unacceptable. Um, I don't know how hard they pursued J.D. Martinez. I don't even know – how much of an improvement J.D. Martinez would have been over Vogelbach. At least he's a respectable vet, though. I, yeah, I, this this was embarrassing all around by the Mets. And then to do the Timmy trumpet with the Mets, uh, Mr. Met on the field playing with his toy, and all the Mets fans just look dead, and all the Padre fans are just having the time of their lives in the stands. That's what capped it off for me. You're like, you're the game was over at that point. It was like when the Red Sox played sweet Caroline down like 14 to three in the eighth inning. So <laughs> I enjoyed every second of this one. Um, I don't think anything was going on with uh, Musgrove. He never touched his face once that entire time. Andrew McCutcheon came out and said, he's got icy hot on his ear. Uh, that's what a lot of them do to make it so they don't feel comfortable and they just keep them on their toes. So, yeah, I, there was nothing going on. And his antics towards their uh, dugout were great. And then um, the during the celebration where they're like, oh, we got some sticky stuff on our hands now when they were spraying champagne, that it, it really capped it off. Uh, huge win tonight for Aaron Judge, who will now be given uh, $45 million a year by Steve Cohen to uh, save that offense next year. So uh, great, great night for him. I just didn't have the balls to pick against Scherzer and DeGrom. I just I couldn't do it. In hindsight, I, I feel like I, I should have taken the Padres a little bit more seriously. I also didn't really like Blake Snell in game two. I didn't think that was going to work out too well for the Padres, and he he pitched okay um, despite the, you know, the Mets winning that game. Um, but looking at their offense, I mean, you've got Manny Machado. you got Juan Soto, who has finally showed up. Uh, Jerks and Profar has had some has some decent spots. Will Myers quietly has has put together a decent season. Uh, Trent Grisham was a complete no show during the season. Had a pretty good series, uh, and you know I, I just think that's a fairly well balanced offense. I really do, and and Josh Bell as well. Um, you know, kind of quiet since the trade, but certainly a guy you don't want to mess with. And they ended up going with Musgrove over Clevenger in, in game three. I think some of us expected it would be Clevenger. In hindsight, why wouldn't it have been Musgrove uh, having seen it? Um, I'll, get to the, I'll get to them in the, in the next series. But I, the, the last thing I want to I wrap up with is both front offices with the Mets and the and the Padres have done nothing but wheeling and dealing of prospects in the last few years, and they've really gotten nothing as far as results. And the Mets are the number two payroll, depending on what list you look at. The Padres seem to come out uh, fourth or fifth. So either way, they're two top five payrolls. Tons have been invested, uh, you know, with, you know, by their respective uh, front offices. So, 
Uh, this is a massive blow to the Mets to to not get it done. Uh, I think we're really gonna see how close to George Steinbrenner uh, Steve Cohen really is personality wise in the coming days. And I'll just leave it at that. Uh, it was it was an interesting series, but I uh, I do kind of regret not you know taking the the Padres a little bit more seriously than I did. So. All right, we actually spent quite a while on uh, on this recap. Yeah, we're 43 minutes in. So uh, let's try to go ahead and get through uh, the predictions um, in, in relatively short order. And I think we kind of did uh, for the most part the other night. So uh, we will start on the American League side. Charlie, uh, Yankees, Guardians. I do not owe the uh, Indians jar a dollar. Uh, go ahead. Not again. Not again, you don't. But I mean, I did say in. So what is that? A quarter, half dollar. Uh, so this is going to be a little bit of a surprise. I think what's going to end up happening is I think that Cal Quantrill is going to pitch the first game. I don't know if they're going to win that game. Uh, Yankees, I believe they already have their rotation set up. It's going to be Cole, Cortez, and Severino. Uh, I actually have the Guardians winning this series three games to two. This is not just because Jason said this is my team because I said I want the Mariners. I just, you know, as a not Yankees fan, I think there's only so much in that lineup that's intimidating. And if you shut down somebody like Aaron Judge, there's really nobody that I consistently fear. Cleveland has so many knickknack players that can get things done in these quirky little situations. I also don't trust Garrett Cole to give you two seven-inning performances where he allows one run or less. He's been abysmal in the playoffs the last two years for the Yankees. He can't get it done. He's a choke artist. I think Shane Bieber is going to pitch game two, and he's going to pitch game five after a little bit of rest. It'll be four days rest for, for game five. I just have no reason to pick against the Guardians right now. And other than the Yankees just saying, well, we're the Yankees, I don't give a damn. I think outside of Aaron Judge, your team is a zero. And you're not scary. You, you barely got through some parts of this season when Aaron Judge was slumping. You had no offense, and your pitchers just couldn't get it done. And now Roldis Chapman, who is someone who, believe me, when I said the Yankees started the regular season, we're going to be looking forward to having, isn't even on their 26-man roster because he couldn't figure it out. Guardians in five. Done. Cody. I mean, yeah, it's tough going after Charlie. He he makes such great, well-rounded points, right? Um, you know, you're looking at a guy in Garrett Cole who, if things aren't going the exact way that he wants in his specific routine, he can't handle it. If things get off script even for a little bit, the guy melts down. He gave perhaps the worst postseason celebration speech or postseason rah-rah any of us have ever heard. And nothing... Nothing gets circulated like a bad pregame speech uh, on the internet. I think the Yankees, time and again over the season, have showed very little resiliency. Um, you know, they got off to that great start. They were able to kind of run away uh, to a huge division lead early in the season. Um, you know, they had a couple of bad months, and the rest of the division didn't really take advantage of it. But the the Yankees didn't rally. They didn't you know, put together great at-bats or dig deep or, you know, find something within the current lineup. They really depended upon some late September call-ups. Um, 
I I really don't like this Yankees team. You know, I mean, Cortez has been obviously a spark that you know they would they were able to find, um, and and Severino's nasty if he's right and he's healthy. But that seems like a lot of what ifs in in a baseball um, playoff, right? You you play five games, you know, you got to travel, things have to go right, uh, you know, the ball has to bounce your way, and it seems like for a Yankee team that was as dominant as they were all season, they aren't that great. Um, I like the Indians as well. Um, I'm kind of torn between four or five. Um, I'll I'll say Guardian or sorry, ah, I got to put one in the jar. Uh, Guardians Guardians in five as well. You know, it would be it would be sweet to see the Yankees get knocked out. Um, you know, even in the sweep, uh, so that we can talk even more garbage. But I just I don't I don't see it happening. You know. Sure, Stanton might put a put a couple in in left field, but there's really not a lot of depth to that lineup. There's not a lot of guys that can that can do the damage that they claim to have. Those savages in the box, we really haven't seen it outside of Judge. I like the Guardians here. I'm uh I'm actually a little surprised. I thought I'd be the only one picking the Guardians, but I guess we'll make it uh, three for three. I'm going Guardians and four on this one. Actually. Um, the Yankees, the second half, have been a 500 team. Literally, they went 35 and 35 in the second half of the season. And um, I, you know, Garrett Cole, Charlie mentioned it. Like, as soon as one thing goes wrong, it all falls apart. He he's not a mentally tough pitcher. He's a good pitcher. You know, when when he's on, he's one of the best. But I don't know the last time I've ever seen Garrett Cole really be on. You know, and um, Nestor Cortez has never been on the stage and not to mention the fact that he's also never pitched this much in his career. Um, I think that could really backfire on the Yankees and the guardians have all the momentum. And I think they just have a more complete lineup. I think the Yankees right now, it's just, they sit around, they wait for Aaron judge to do something. And then they all kind of wake up and they go, okay, yeah, here we go. Now, now we can, now we can rally behind him, but the Guardians, their lineup is so deep. I mean, it, it doesn't have to just be Jose Ramirez. They get offense from all over the place. Their offense is actually really good, and they've got the advantage in the back end of the bullpen too. You know, you guys mentioned it. Chapman's not going to be here this series. Now, you know, a lot of Yankees fans will tell you that's an advantage not having not having to send a Rolls Chapman out there. But even still, I mean. That's a guy that's got some talent that they're not going to have. The Guardians back into their bullpen is disgusting. Emmanuel Classe is ridiculous. So I like the Guardians in this one. I, I really do. I just think that, you know, they've got the momentum on their side. Um, they have the more complete offense. Starting rotation, we'll see. That that might, you know, might come down to Garrett Cole finally pulling one out of his ass and finally having – a great performance, but who knows? Um, Guardians have great pitchers too, and I think they might have the better bullpen. So, honestly, uh, I'm going to take them. I think they've got the superior manager too. I think, you know, Terry Francona against Aaron Boone, that's a complete mismatch. Forget about it. Francona knows what to do this time of year. He knows what buttons to push and and how to get his team motivated and how to get them to where they need to be. Um, and you know that he would love nothing more than to send the Yankees home once again. So I just, it, all, all the, my gut feeling on this just 
leans towards the Guardians. And I didn't think it was going to be that way because, you know, with the Yankees having as good a season as they did, I thought no matter who won that wild card matchup, I thought, eh, it's probably going to be New York going through against, you know, against Houston eventually. But I, I like the Guardians. I really do. So I'm going to take them in four games. For me, this is honestly my easiest one. It's the Yankees. Um, could be a sweep for it the most. I just watched 15 innings of the uh, Guardians trying to score one run, uh, and that was against a inferior race team. So, yeah, I don't know what Charlie's doing here. Um, yeah, so, yeah, given the Yankees here, if you can score one run against this that race team, that's pathetic. Uh, and, you know, they probably should have lost that game anyways. I don't think it's going to be that, you know, hard for the Yankees to put up five runs. You know, I don't trust Quantrill that much. And, you know, you're relying on Bieber a lot here. And it's a quick turnaround. So, no, I I am not buying the Guardians uh, stock here, not buying the hype. Um, hate to pick the Yankees, but you Judge got or Stanton got hot there at the end there, and that's a big bat to have, uh, you know, kind of rolling at this time of the season. So, uh, those reasons, I'm pick. I'm picking New York. I'm so sad. I thought I was getting ready for all four of you to roll your eyes when I made my, you know, my confident Guardians pick because y'all know how I was in seasons past picking them to win the division. Uh, and this was the one year I didn't. So, uh, you know, a little backwards there. But uh, to Andrew's point, the Guardians lost five out of six games to the Yankees this season. Not good. Garrett Cole and two starts only gave up two runs total to the Guardians. Not good. However, all those games were in the first half of the season. The Guardians got hot in the second half. Yankees kind of literally fell off a cliff, as Jason was pointing out, with the 500 record. I think the the Guardians are better by far. It's not even close in the rotation. I think they're better in the bullpen. I'm not going to say that that's not close because it, it may be. Uh, Clay Holmes is expected to come back to the Yankees bullpen in this series. I guess game one isn't quite certain, but he is expected to come back. What are you going to get out of Scott Afros and um, that Trevino kid that they got at the deadline, Lou Trevino from uh, Oakland? So I, I do give the Guardians the edge there as well. And... I'm not in. I don't like the offense as much as Jason does. Although I, I hope he ends up being correct. I mean that um, Oscar Gonzalez kid, uh, you know, ended up hitting the the go ahead home run. He's been basically the Guardians' hottest hitter in the in the second half, and they have to find a way to score and play a little bit of small ball and any any edge they can get. They they like to steal. I think they can beat the Yankees a lot of different ways. And I think this Yankees team could be a little bit cold from the layoff. I don't know if Aaron judge is going to be swing for the fences, Aaron judge, like he was in the whole second half, or he's going to be the going back to the, put the ball in play and be the elite overall hitter that he is. 
Um, so there, there's a lot of question marks with the with the Yankees offense uh, as well. I just I don't know where it's going to come from if Judge and uh, Stanton are you know 0 for four a couple of games this series. So it's going to be Guardians for me. I, I'm not beaming with confidence. I think it's going to be in the fifth game as well. But Charlie, did you have one more thing to say? Yeah. So I just I was just confirming getting uh, a number out of you. So uh, Andrew, you said Yankees in four. I think and in three. Everybody else actually. Did think, you say sweep? I think he does. Because sweep four at the most. But if there's a final number, what would you say? You think the Guardians will sneak one out? Yeah, it would probably be. Uh, I think the Yankees take it in four. Oh, and four. Okay. There, okay. We go. there it is. All right. So that completes that one. Let's go to the next uh, American League Divisional Series matchup. That will be the Astros and the Mariners. I have an idea of where Charlie's going to go with this. Let's yeah, see. it's 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 not going to be a surprise here. Uh, this is the team that has all the fire and all the excitement behind them if you're not the Guardians right now. I hate the Houston Astros. I hate the New York Yankees. I can't pick either one of them to advance. Call me call me just romantic about baseball. The Astros are boring. They're not exciting. Framber Valdez and Justin Verlander, as Jason would say, threw up on their shoes in the playoffs the last time they performed. I have the Mariners winning this one in five. Call me crazy. But this team is just more exciting to watch. I don't think that Jose uh, Rodriguez is going to have uh, a crap series here. I think he's going to figure it out. I don't think that Framber is going to be the second best pitcher for Houston. I think their second best pitcher is going to be, uh, I believe it was, was it Luis Garcia? One of their back end guys that's actually really, really good. I don't have faith in anyone really outside of. Maybe it was Javier, I forget. Um, I, I just can't go against the Mariners. I mean, this is a team that has literally no book on them as far as the playoffs are concerned. Logan Gilbert, nothing. George Kirby, one inning. That's it. And that was against the Toronto Blue Jays this year. So I'm going to go with the team that, to me, just is more exciting, and that's the Mariners right now. They just have so many exciting players, regardless of where you want to point fingers it's the Mariners for me in five. Cody. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at the stats, you look at the lineups, you look at the rosters, you look at the postseason pedigree, everything points towards the Astros. Um, you know, they've got a great team. They've got a deep lineup. They play baseball right. And we'll put right in quotations, obviously. Um, they they do all the things that kind of boringly win a game five to three or five to two and you know they shut the door early um but you know it's hard not to be romantic about baseball i'll keep my take quick here i i can't pick against the mariners at this point they're the hot teams of the month they they're the one with momentum they're playing with house money anything they do at this point is considered a positive you know they they ended the drought they're doing it in walk-off fashion uh, you know they're super exciting they're coming back from seven runs down um, you know, even though uh, the Astros won the season series handily, they got, I, I believe, an away sweep. 
Um, I might be wrong with that. It, it might have been a three to one. But either way, you know, the Astros have seemingly had the Mariners number. I feel like the Mariners here, they're playing fast, they're playing loose, they're playing carefree. I'll take the Mariners in four. I think you're both crazy. I'm taking the Astros in three. Um, I think the Astros are the far superior team. Um, you know, Verlander, Garcia, it, it doesn't matter who they send out there. Their offense is superior. Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Bregman, Altuve, those guys, they know how to turn it on at the right time. This team has been here before. They know how to win in the postseason. The Seattle Mariners have not been here before. And when you look at their entire roster, the whole roster really hasn't been here before. Julio Rodriguez is a great, young, promising talent, but he has not been on this stage before. Um, even their, some of their veterans, Eugenio Suarez hasn't been here before. He's been with the Reds his whole career. So he doesn't know what it's like to play in the postseason. Um, I, I just, and their pitching is good, but again, it's young. Apart from Robbie Ray, it's, it's a lot of young guys. So I just, the Astros are too good. They've been too good all season. They've, they've held serve in that division the entire season. And, they just have all the pieces. I think they've got the better, even the better manager. And that's, you know, I'm not a big Dusty Baker fan, but I'll take him managing over Scott Service, who I don't <laughs> I don't think is anything really all that special. So I'm going Astros in three. I think they sweep the Mariners right out of the playoffs. I, th- I don't think it's going to even be close. Yeah, I'm with Jason on this one. I don't think it's going to be a sweep for the Astros, but I definitely think they get this done. I don't think it takes all five. I do, you know, I think maybe Seattle squeaks out one, but Verlander just had one of the best regular seasons we've ever seen, and he did it in a fashion that I don't think anyone expected at his age, coming off surgery. There's just a whole lot of factors that probably, you know, had going against him that he shouldn't have had this season, but he did. And I really like, you know, this Houston offense, they've, Every single one of these players has been there before. Um, I, you know, pretty much all their guys have World Series experience. It's not with them. I mean, Vasquez has it with the Red Sox. And, you know, they just have all these just grizzled veterans. And the Mariners don't, do not have that. And, you know, I Jesse Winker has been an absolute disaster for them. Uh, that trade has not worked out well. They were really counting on him to provide them with some spark. So if Julio doesn't get it done, I don't know who does. Hanniger has his moments. I don't think he's been um, 100% this year. Yeah, give me, give me the experience Astros uh, four games. I'm in line with Jason and Andrew, I this is coming into this year. The Astros have been to the ALCS five straight years, and there's a reason why I pick them to win the division every year. And I, I get that the Mariners were the sexy pick, and and you know they kind of lived up to the hype of being the young team that that could really do some damage this year, and. They've captivated a lot of Major League Baseball fans, but I think the road does stop in this round for the Mariners. I don't think that should be a disappointment. Uh, you know, I, I think they've, you know, they achieved the next step, uh, you, you know, for where they should be. And you're going to have to face, I'm I'm guessing it's going to be Verlander game one. I, I would prefer that it would be Framber Valdez, 
because your game one starter is going to pitch twice. And so I would kind of, I think he's just been, Valdez has been a steady guy over the last couple of years. That's probably who I would start in game one. But having said that, I mean, you can't really go wrong with, with Verlander uh, or, or Valdez. And then you're going to have McCullers, uh, Luis Garcia, Christian Javier. One of those guys uh, will end up going game three. And they that rotation right there, that's the second best rotation in Major League Baseball, only behind the Dodgers. They have the first best bullpen in Major League Baseball right now. And enough seasoned guys in, in that lineup, you know, Jose Altuve, been a postseason hero now for a while. Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez uh, has continued you know uh, an upward trajectory uh kyle tucker i wouldn't be surprised if trey mancini is their steve pierce of this offseason i i think he could go off he's in a contract year yuli guriel kind of took a step back this year but he could wake up as well i just i like this astros team too much and unlike charlie i don't hate the astros because we need a team like the Astros to be there in case the Yankees get to the LCS. And the Astros have done us a couple of solids, you know, in 2017 and 2019 uh, to to keep them uh, ringless since uh, 2009. And, and, and having only won that one in 2009 since 2000. So it's been a depressing century, uh, new century for the Yankees. Give me, uh, give me the Astros. All right, let's get over to the National League now. We will go to the Braves-Phillies series. i uh, kind of curious to see how this one's going to go, but Charlie? Uh, Terry, before we continue, real quick, Uh-oh. you're saying Stroh's in four? I'll say Stroh's in four. Okay. I just want to make sure we're on the same page here, just getting everything in. It's it's booked. Um I think the Phillies are going to get embarrassed. I think the Phillies are just going to be thrashed around because the Braves were not the team that uh, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you know, we don't want to see them play. Everybody wants to see the Braves play. The Braves are the team that I want to see fighting in that wild card, showing their hunger, because that would have just made this pick even easier. I have the Braves sweeping. I have them going 3-0 and knocking out the the Phillies. I have (laughs) no faith. In Philly, in this in this series here, I, I, if Spencer Strider ends up coming back for Atlanta, I'm still not 100 percent as to what day. I I don't think that you can go against this team. Their relievers are disgusting. You've got Matt Olson who's playing there. Austin Riley, who I believe was Jason's MVP in the NL uh, for this year, if I'm not mistaken, who's insane. Michael Harris came out of nowhere this year and has blown up center field for them. And then you have Ronald Acuna and Vaughn Grissom, who's a rookie who I believe only played like a month this year. I can't pick against Atlanta. So three, and zero, easiest national league one for me. Cody. Man, Charlie's just just knocking that out of the park. And in, in my opinions, I guess you know it could have been a bad draw of the cards for me to go to go after him. Um, you know, as bullish as I was on the Phillies to to knock off the cards, 
I like the inverse here. I think the Braves do everything that the Phillies do just better, right? You've got a deeper rotation, a better bullpen, um, a lineup that uh, leaves yard somehow even more than the Phillies do in, in a lineup that, um, you know, kind of circles the bases as, as often as Philadelphia does. Um, you know, they're the team with the momentum. They've obviously, you know, had some great second half stretches the past couple of years. They've got that postseason um, pedigree. And, you know, they've got a manager that knows how to press the right buttons, knows what to do, doesn't get panicky, doesn't get, um, you know, too too quick with the leash or too quick with the, the call to the bullpen. I like Atlanta in four. It's, you know, it's tough to go into Philadelphia and, and win. I don't think, you know, I don't think Philadelphia gets swept here, but I, I don't see them toppling Atlanta like they did St. Louis. Uh, Braves in four for me. I'm going to go the other way. I'm saying Philly in four, actually. <laughs> I I like the Phillies. I do. I, I've liked the Phillies since they got in. Um, I think they're kind of feeling it right now. And, again, like the way their team is built, it's not anywhere near perfect. As Andrew has mentioned, defensively, they're a mess. Um, but their front-end starting pitching has always been really good. Wheeler, Nola, even guys like Suarez, like, they can pitch really good games and their offense, especially with Bryce Harper coming back and they have a lot of firepower in there. They, they can put up runs quickly if they want to. So look, Atlanta has good pitching too. It, Charlie mentioned it. If Spencer Strider is back for this series, that's going to be huge. We know what Max Fried can do. Um, they, you know, their pitchers have had really good years, but I, I don't trust Atlanta's offense entirely. To, to put up as many runs as Philly can. So I'm going Philadelphia. I think this could be a little bit of an ugly series where you get a lot of like seven to six games or eight to seven or that kind of thing. Maybe some games that go into extra innings because I think both offenses could really, you know, turn it on. Even though, you know, again, like I don't think Atlanta's offense is as good, but they can string some runs together. But I just I like Philly's offense. I like their front end pitching, and I like their bullpen. So I'm going to go Philly on this one. I think they're feeling it right now, and um, it will take I think you know a couple of extra games. I think Atlanta will at least get one, but I'll give I'll take the Phillies in four. I don't see Philly putting much of a scare into Atlanta. Honestly, I, I think Atlanta. Finished as hot as anyone could possibly finish to steal that division from the Mets. I love this Atlanta team. That are, doesn't seem to be any sort of World Series hangover. The fight and the desire definitely seems to be there. I think a lot of that has to do with you know Acuna not being part of it last season. So yeah, he's he's fighting for his first. I love Atlanta here. I've Strider. They said it's coming back. I don't see any slowing them down and. They are just a juggernaut. They have the experience kind of like what I brought up with the Astros uh, for our last series. I think Philly is going to have a hard time. They're obviously going to have to – I don't know who they're going to throw game one, um, but, you know, it's not going to be uh, Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler. So give me Atlanta. I think it's four games. I think Atlanta uh, does a lot of damage. If Jason gets this right, it's it's the pick of the round. 
you know, like Charlie's pick. I know Andrew picked the Padres. That was the lone pick, but I, I just thought the Mariners were the were the bigger underdog in their respective series. But um, I have to go with the Braves here. I, I think the Braves are a very well uh, balanced team. They've got a great bullpen behind. Uh, let's see, Jansen, Minter, and I know I'm forgetting someone. Um, but the, it's it's not a bullpen that gives up a ton of runs. Uh, oh, Iglesias, of course. Uh, and the, even Colin McHugh has had a, a great year. So I, the rotation, I'm not quite as in love with it as I was last year. Admittedly, I haven't really, I haven't seen Spencer Strider pitch at all. But the one stat that stands out to me, in 131 and two-thirds innings, he only gave up seven home runs. We've seen Nick Pavetta do that in one game. Well, I'm probably exaggerating, but close to it. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely been tuned up for at least four or five, uh, you know, a couple of times a season anyway, and, and maybe more than that. But uh, so I, I guess it'll be fun to finally uh, see him pitch. Uh, he has been uh, dinged up, but he is expected to be ready uh, for the series per reports. And their their lineup is is very well balanced as well. You know, you got Austin Riley uh, continuing to rise. Matt Olson has kind of lived up to the hype. I, I think they'd like to probably see the average come up a little bit, but the power numbers are are certainly there. Dansby Swanson is, is having a, a very good contract year, and I think he's going to want to put an exclamation point on that uh, here in the postseason as he heads into free agency. And by the way, you still have Acuna and as much as he's a douchebag, Marcelo Zuna, uh, DHing for them. This is one of the the smartest front offices in Major League Baseball. In fact, I would rank them number one. They've got all this talent, and they don't go over the luxury tax. It's just they they do a great job. And and finally, I mean, the Phillies couldn't really do a lot with St. Louis pitching. And I just I don't know that they're they're gonna find a whole lot more offense against this um, Atlanta Braves rotation, and and I think the the five game series uh, you know hurts them a little bit more uh, than the the two game series where they were able to just kind of pull the rug out from under uh, St. Louis. So I am going with the Atlanta Braves in this series. Oh, and uh, four games, Charlie. Not quite as courageous as you. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sweep, though. Let's put it that way. Uh, so finally, uh, I think this is a very interesting series. Uh, Dodgers, Padres. Charlie, go ahead. Who do you have? Yeah, so, I mean, I was pretty upset about the fact that the Padres went as far as they did. I really like you, Darvish, for that team. I feel bad for the Padres. I do really like Josh Hader, but unfortunately, he just no longer scares me the way that he once did when he was in Milwaukee. And the fact that he doesn't scare me the way that he did when he was there tells me that this team is not going to have enough to be arguably the best team in Major League Baseball as far as most money, most talent, best offense, insane rotation, great relievers. Oh, yeah. We haven't even mentioned the fact that They've got three or four players that could be potential MVPs. So I'm going to pick the Dodgers here in four. And the only reason why it's four is because 
I think you Darvish is going to win one of those games. The rest is just going to be Dodgers blowing the doors off the Padres. And they'll be able to walk Juan Soto, pitch around him if they want to, get him to pop out, ground out, whatever. That road, that lineup, it does not scare me the way that the Dodgers lineup does and can and will. Dodgers, four games. Cody. I'm not going to be as as bold as Charlie here. Uh, I don't think the Dodgers are going to blow the doors off the Padres per se. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I like the the pitching. I was really impressed with the way that they handled themselves in New York. They definitely surprised me. I didn't get to watch as much as much Padres baseball as as I would have liked, considering how much you know buzz there was around that team and the offseason, the moves that they make, uh, trade deadline, obviously the blockbuster trade for Soto. I think they kind of hang around. They might steal a, a game or two, but you know, as as Terry mentioned, um, you know, in, in the past, those well-rounded teams get it done, right? And and top to bottom, I think the Dodgers are just too deep. They've got too much production, bullpen, starting rotation, guys off the bench, starting lineup. You know, Dave Roberts has been there before. You know, he has won a ring. Sure, you know, we can call it the the 2020 season, but that's still postseason experience. He's He's been there before. He's had, you know, his hand uh, on the reins, as they call it. I think the Dodgers are going to get this done in four. Um, but I don't think it's going to be as big of a blowout as as it might look on paper. I know the Dodgers kind of ran away with the season series. They ran away with the division. They kind of had the numbers of all the teams in the NL West. But it's postseason baseball. You kind of have to throw the book out with that. You know, the Padres are, are kind of um, – they've got some spunk to them. They've got some fight. They've got a little bit of attitude. You know, we saw – you know, Musgrove with the shiny ears, making gestures to the Mets dugouts and, and to Buck Showalter. So, you know, they clearly have some life and some attitude. I just, I think the Dodgers kind of have their number and they have too much for them. Dodgers and four for me. Jason. Yeah. Um, I hate both these teams. Let's just get that out of the way right out of the bat. I hate the Padres. I hate the Dodgers. I'm sick of both of them. I'm sick of hearing about them. Um, that being said, as much as it pains me to do so, I'm going to pick the Dodgers. Um, again, I, for all the points that you know, Cody and Charlie mentioned, they're just they're too deep. They they've got too good of a lineup, too good of a rotation, and their bullpen is still solid. And I just think the Padres aren't going to score enough runs in this series. Again, I, I said it last series, and I ended up being wrong. But you know, their whole offense to me is just Manny Machado and maybe a couple of other guys pinch in. Um, Trent Grisham had a great series against the Mets, but he didn't have a good season. So um, maybe that was just him kind of, you know, taking advantage of the Mets, crapping their pants. So I, I still think the Dodgers just have too much. They have too much, and, and they're going to overwhelm San Diego. I think Padres will at least steal one. So I, I, I'm going to say Dodgers in four, but it's really not going to be all that close. I, I think Dodgers are going to run away with this, and – once again, go to the NLCS. So Dodgers in four for me. Andrew. Well, I'm going to break away from the trend here. I'm going with the Padres. Um, I don't know if I fully trust this Dodgers team, quite frankly. I don't know how – I believe Tony Gonsolin is returning, right? Because, I, you know, I he came back at near the end. I – he just has some question question marks around me. Clean Kershaw 
has a lot of playoff question marks for me. Uh, Tyler Anderson never does. I think he has one game of playoff experience. You know, all those years on the Rockies, you're not going to get much. Uh, I like Julio um, your Urias. Urias. Wow, I couldn't get that one out. Uh, I think he's really good. But on the other side, you know, when it comes to their lineup, Trey Turner has acknowledged he struggles in the postseason. He said his numbers aren't what they need to be. Mookie Betts. Isn't Mookie Betts always in the playoffs? We've seen that. There's no denying it. We, he has had his struggles in the playoffs. So I think there's some holes. And I really like San Diego just coming off with this momentum, riding high after beating the Mets. They're going to, you know, they never broke stride here. I think they come in. I think they get it done in five. I don't love the back end of the Dodgers, you know, bullpen. They have a lot of filthy guys, but Kimbrel not being the closer that they brought him in to be kind of left a window open a crack for teams to come back uh, late in the game. So I think, uh, I think the Padres could shock a lot of people and pull this one off. So I'm going San Diego in five. Andrew stole all of my thunder. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I'm not, I, maybe my confidence isn't quite as high as Andrew's, but certainly Clayton Kershaw struggled in the postseason when he was one of the best pitchers we've ever seen. And he's not that anymore. Um, Urias is the one guy who scares me to death. I don't like that matchup. I hope he faces Blake Snell and uh, we can just get that one over with. But um, yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts, he, he, I think his playoff runs have been a little bit better here with the Dodgers than they were the Red Sox, but he certainly hasn't had those signature moments. Freddie Freeman kind of scares me a little bit, but I think the the Padres just have the swagger right now, and I think they're sick of playing second fiddle to the Dodgers. I think this is similar to a uh, you know an o three o four Red Sox Yankees situation with the Padres playing the role of the Red Sox here. Um, Hater concerns me. That's that's what kind of hurts my confidence a little bit as well. I, I mean, if he's out there in a close game, I just I feel like the nerves kind of get to him a little bit. I think he's solely responsible for the Nationals winning the uh, 2019 World Series because they would have been bounced from the wild card game. Um, so it, it's really tough, but I like you, Darvish, a lot. I like Joe Musgrove a lot. I think Clevenger can be savvy enough to to navigate that that Dodgers lineup, and I don't know. It's just a vibe for me, and I'm picking the Padres. So there you have it. A longer show than what we wanted, but you know what? It's probably going to be the only show until uh, maybe next Sunday, so... Uh, it'll hopefully fill up a couple of commutes for you. Um, I thought the wild card rounds were very entertaining, uh, very, you know, interesting. And I, I only think this, uh, next round will be, um, you know, even more compelling. So we'll see how that goes officially. Actually, Charlie, that's Dodger, uh, Padres in five for me. So any final thoughts, Charlie? No, I, uh, I'm super pumped about this. I mean, we've got a couple of interesting takes. The, the one that 
I'm actually the most interested in is actually in the third series that we called because it was such an interesting anomaly, and that's uh, Mr. Kelly picking the Phillies in four. So that's going to be the one that I watch out for. Nothing else to me struck me as that bold except for maybe Cody's. Cody's Mariners in four is probably second right there just because uh, we had two Mariners picks. We only had one Phillies pick, and Phillies in four is just – that's dirty. He's trying to get the two points in that one right there. So after the first round, uh, each member of the group got two points. Uh, all of us got at least one point in the Rays Guardians. Terry, you actually called it correct in, in the in the two game win, uh, two game series for the Guardians. Only I got the Mariners, so I got a point there. Cody and Jason each got the Phillies, although they picked it in three. And then Andrew was the only person that picked the Padres, so he got a point there. So all of us have two points at the present moment. Everyone got at least the right team. You get two points for calling the team and the series. Uh, Jason could swing this right here. Jason, could, if he get, if he gets the Phillies, that's it. I mean, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> Cody, final thoughts. It's just a great time to be a baseball fan. I mean, this is the best time of the year to be able to sit back, watch, you know, a slew of games any given night, storylines to follow, matchups to pay attention to, you know, nuggets to, to uncover on, on the broadcast. It's just so much fun to be able to, to watch this. Um, in you know, as unfortunate as it is that the Red Sox aren't involved, it's almost better just to be able to watch this with without a care and you can just kind of root for, for the team that you, you know, kind of tugs at the heartstrings. I'm just, I'm, I'm just thrilled to be involved. Jason. Yeah, as fun as the wildcard series were, I think that uh, the divisional series will be even more fun because you don't have uh, teams that don't really belong there. Like you're not having to watch the Rays um, or quite frankly, the Cardinals who, you know, I think as we all saw, didn't really belong there. So um, this is where it gets down to the real teams and you're going to see some really good pitching matchups and, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, like Cody said, it it sucks for us as Red Sox fans that our team's not in it. But you kind of get to root against certain teams. Like for me, I'm rooting against both NLS teams and certainly the Yankees. Um, I'm, I'm pulling for the Guardians big time. But uh, that's what it comes down to. And, and it's a lot of fun. And there's a little bit of pressure taken off without your team being in as much as it still kind of stinks. But it's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be a fun week. So really looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, just to reiterate everyone's thoughts, I mean, sucks, socks aren't in it. It's better for my heart and my liver, but just going to go ahead and root for some good games here. Uh, hopefully we're not just looking at quick series. You know, I really hope we get some drama kind of like we did in the last couple of nights. That's kind of all we can hope for right now. And let's face it, I mean, if the Red Sox limped in, are are they in the divisional series round after what we just witnessed with <laughs> all those other teams? Absolutely not. I think the Mariners would have destroyed them. Um, so it, it is what it is. The only matchup I'm emotionally invested in is the Guardians-Yankees. Uh, I just... I. I I don't know that the Guardians are really built to to go deep. I certainly picked them to beat the Yankees, but this could be Tito's last decent chance at it. And 
I would love just one middle finger to the front office with him getting a parade in Cleveland. And and they do have the longest drought at this point. So I've never really had any ill will towards them. Obviously in 07 in the, in the LCS, we had the root against them because uh, you know, that's who we faced. But aside from that, I mean, I think they've always been a, a likable team and uh, much like how I feel about the Braves, quite frankly. So um, that's the one I'm, I'm emotionally invested in. And I, I do kind of want to see the, the Astros advance just because just in case we're, we're wrong about the Yankees. Um, I, I don't want them uh, going to the world series. So hopefully it'll be a good week. Um, if any Red Sox developments take place, uh, we could come back. I know it sounds like there's a lot of dialogue right now between, uh, the, the Bogarts camp and the Red Sox, and so we'll uh, we'll see if anything does materialize this week. So everyone take care.